Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi and welcome to Season 2, Episode 23 of the Next Dimension Podcast. Your podcast is all about VR and a bit of AR. Today with a really special AWE 2022 recap show with Eric, Mesh Daddy Cool. Eric, how are you doing? I'm awesome, Sebastian. Thanks so much for having me here. This is uh, this is a big treat for me, really. This is going to be amazing. For all of you who don't know Eric, Eric has an amazing YouTube channel called Q2C which stands for Quest 2 Community, right? Yeah, it's Q Q2C VR Gamer. And uh, yeah, right. it's started based off of the Quest 2 Community Facebook group. And, and we've kind of morphed right. it into an all-over virtual reality page and group, which is uh, amazing. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, we're going to hear more about it later. Also here with us, Alexander from Starcade Arcade. Alexander, how are hey. you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Great, great to have you. So, Alexander, um, tell us a bit more about the games that you're doing. Just very shortly, what are you working on right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from Starcade Arcade. We have published and created three VR games, Star Blazer, Virus Popper, and Space Slurpees. Oh, yes. And Space Slurpees is on every single VR headset that I could imagine. Even it's on the floor. all over the place. <laughs> Even yeah. on, on the HTC floor when I tried it, and wow. Oh, it's there too, Space Slurpees. Yeah, so cool, man. <laughs> great, great. So I'm looking forward to hear more about uh, you and Starcade Arcade today and yeah, um, what it is like to be a VR developer in this still emerging market. So that's going to be super exciting. Thank you so much, Alex, for being here. And also with me, my name is Sebastian Ang. I'm the founder of MRTV and the host of the Next Dimension podcast. For all of you out there, who don't know this show, well, it is all about VR and AR. It is live every Saturday, 9 p.m. Berlin time, 8 p.m. London, 3 p.m. New York City, and noon in San Francisco or Santa Clara, where we actually met for AWE. <laughs> that was so amazing to meet you guys. We had a it's beer. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it was my it, you know all the tech was great. We talked about it earlier. All the tech was great, yeah. but man, meeting all you awesome people. Yeah. Uh, I am was... Alex for the first time there, and, and Sebastian. Oh, great people. It was, it was a people. blast. That was really yeah. that was really the best, right? It was awesome, and this was my first convention since COVID. Same and here. It was just so exciting mm. to see everybody again and have these events in person. Exactly. That that does make a difference, right? Video chat and stuff like we do now is nice, but really being there in person, it, it is still unbeatable. <laughs> right. So that was good. Yep. So this show every Saturday and you can also listen to it on iTunes, um, Spotify, everywhere where you can find um, podcasts. And if you enjoy this podcast and if you love it, it would be amazing if you would give us a five-star review, you can do so on iTunes or simply get up your get out your iPhone or iPad, open the podcast app, which is pre-installed, find the Next Dimension podcast, give us a five-star review, and yeah, that would be the best way to say, cool, love that show, please come back every Saturday. And yeah, we're now finally back after a hiatus of a couple of weeks, but now we're back. All right, cool. 
Now, before we get into our topics and today's show, we, we, we're going to do the recap of AWE. We're going to talk about what we enjoyed, what kind of things we saw and which things we thought were super exciting. But we're also going to talk about the Pimax Crystal. When I was on the, uh, on the plane to the U.S., Actually, they did the Pimax Crystal event, and only after I came out of the plane, I had to find out what it is because I wasn't briefed <laughs> before by Pimax. So just like everyone, I had to find out what is this about, and yeah, I, I haven't actually talked about this on the channel. So um, I'm looking forward to find out what, what you guys think of the Pimax Crystal. It's it's uh, you, it's you, it's you, you know if Sebastian you know if Sebastian doesn't know about it it's yeah, pretty damn secret <laughs> it's pretty secret if Sebastian doesn't have it or know about it already yeah exactly yeah. Like, I was I was searching my my place here for the device but it's not here <laughs> where is it <laughs> where is it normally I have this stuff before I know what's when, going when on when we when we met at all and we were talking and I was like I'm I'm like how was the Pimax crystal and he's like I didn't try it yet I have no yeah, idea I have no idea how it is. I'm looking forward to try it out, yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyways, before we go into the topics, first of all, we would like to understand a bit more about our guests. So um, let's start with, uh, with you, Eric. Eric, how does your normal work week look like um, as, yeah, as uh, owner of the Q2C channel or co-owner? Tell us a bit more about um, your, your life as a, as a VR YouTuber. This is your full-time job, I understand it. It is now, yeah, just recently. That's so I, cool. Tell us more about the whole thing, please. You told yeah, me the whole I thing, mean, but please do it again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it, it recently just really happened recently, and, and really at, at awe is where it really kind of took effect. I had decided um, like about a month ago to basically start doing um, things in reality full-time, either working for developers or working with publishers. And then at awe, I actually took, an, a, I took a job and, and signed a contract with Andromeda Entertainment, um, that it's a publishing company that publishes Audio Trip and Sound Self and um, a couple other titles that are, are going to be coming up. And um, I, and they're a great publishing company. And we're going to be starting a brand new division of that company that I'm going to be a part of. And uh, I'm going to be, you know, in uh, business development and, uh, and partner relations with them. So Perfect. very happy and excited. You know, to do this is a dream for me. So, yeah, when you make a decision. Like I made the decision about a month ago, basically to say, "Look, I'm 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 going to leave my job, which was a good job. I'm going to leave my job and not do that anymore." And then making that jump into doing something that you love can be very rewarding. So it can be it can be worrisome. It can be a tough decision to make, and uh, that was where I found myself the last month. And um, but when I did it, I felt really good about it. Uh, it gives me a lot more time for my channel. You talked about the channel. We do have a huge Facebook group. It's about 170,000 people that I run 170, with. 170,000? Uh, wow. Yeah. Huge. Man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. a joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Facebook yeah. groups are, are a different animal. YouTube channels are so much harder to build than Facebook Of course. Groups. Yeah, sure. But, but congratulations, uh, yeah. man. That is, that is massive. That is amazing. Yeah, thank you. I, I built that uh, with myself and Todd Jackson, uh, who's my partner in the YouTube channel as well. And um, yeah, we've just become a really good team. And we started a podcast, um, really got going. I started it in August, just myself doing lives on Facebook. And then I went into doing a podcast full time uh, after that. And it started to restream like you do here with Restream. To, yeah, it's pretty you know, good. We, yeah, we, we streamed to three different um, uh, platforms at one time. We, we streamed yeah. to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, we're using this great Restream platform, which I absolutely love too. 
And uh, yeah, it's it's busy. So that's my week. You know, my week is I'm also on um, a part of the podcast Virtual Strangers uh, with uh, Wes Dillon and uh, and Roots, and we do a podcast. Who are not uh, at AWE. No, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe next one. They talked about I, it. I know. I saw that episode where you were talking with them about it. Greetings yeah. to all of them. Yeah, they're they're amazing. They're awesome. And uh, I joined them uh, last September uh, full time. And we do it. We do a sh we do a late night show on Wednesdays called Strangers in the Night. And then the uh, the flagship show Roots and West do on Sunday afternoons as well. And uh, I've just been very blessed. I've been very, very blessed this last, you know, six to eight months to, to, to start doing something I love. And, and what made me feel about it is uh, is myself and Sebastian had a nice talk at all. And um, you kind of like reaffirmed to me that I was doing the right thing and that you, are, uh, you had a similar path. And that made me feel yeah. good to, uh, to know that maybe I'm maybe I'm doing the right thing. You're doing the right <laughs> thing. And I know it's a friggin scary to make this decision, right? Okay, I'm doing this full time now. Even probably you're not sure. Yeah, how much money are you going to earn or or so? Right. But yeah, it's working on a passion is just so much better than working any other job, even though the other job might be okay too, like for me before too, right? But yeah, like doing this, it's just, oh, it feels so good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and be able to spend more time with my channel. I'm really proud of our YouTube channel that we're, that we're, we're building, and we do a lot there with, uh, with, with different types of tech and headsets and game views and, and the podcast. So yeah, it's just an exciting time, and VR is such stung. So it's a good time to still get in on these things. And Yeah, uh, we're still early. We're still early, even though exactly. now yeah, it does get more into the mainstream, which is amazing, right, with the Quest 2 and what else will come later. But we're still early, in my opinion, still. So, yeah, this, this, this is great. It's great to be in it right now. So I think it's amazing what you're doing. Congrats to all your shows. I think you are really killing it. And, um, yeah, congrats for doing it. Thank you very much. That means a lot, man. Thank you. Glad to make meet you. Perfect, yeah. man. Thanks. Yeah. Now let's let's hear from from Alex. Tell us yeah. more about about uh, you. What is your um, week like? Your, your your typical work week as a as yeah, developer. My, my development life is hard, but it's challenging. And, and like you said, it definitely comes from a place of passion, and it has to. Um, my typical work week is waking up pretty early, like seven, and then developing, working on our games um, throughout the day. And we also film TikToks because as a solo independent developer, you have to market and promote your games as well as develop them on top of that. And so that's a skill set that I've had to work on. Um, but it's funny you say that about passion and you know having jobs that you know, maybe you're not as passionate about because that's how it started for me. Uh, I had a great career at HP, the technology company. Um, but that. in a lot of ways, it it didn't challenge me and it didn't excite me. And when my friends introduced me to VR, I really wanted to develop some more technical skills. And I thought VR is a great place to start, start building those skills. And the more I worked in the space, the more I fell in love with it. And I've always had a passion for art as well. You can see some like pictures behind me, <laughs> um, you know, and VR was this place where I could bring technology and art together. And so over the next few years at HP, I worked to get to the point to where I could do my development full time. I oh, saved my so money. Cool. I built a plan to build out this company. So then after like three, three and a half years of planning, one day I quit my job and am now working in the space full time on all of my VR content and games. Man, congrats. That is amazing. That's so cool. So, um, good feeling. 
Yeah, I know. So um, yeah. when you when you delivered your resignation, um, did you already have the game ready, the first game, or where were you at that moment in time when you said, "Okay, HP was nice here, but I want to follow my passion." Where were you at that stage with your uh, yeah developing? We had released our first game to PC VR. This was Star Blazer. It was uh, it. it Got our names out there, but commercially, I would say it was a flop <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. for a number of reasons. You know, it just it takes a lot of learnings on how to build these games, and we've learned a lot since then. And then we had also released Virus Popper, but that was a free game, so we didn't make any money off of that. And we had not released Space Slurpees, which I would end up doing a few months after leaving HP, and which was our most commercially successful game as of now. Um, so when I gave my resignation, HP knew what I was doing. I was very open about it. I didn't try to do anything shady. And so yeah, sure. I had actually like filed a like a compliance case on myself to make it very clear, hey, I'm building this studio. Here's what I plan on doing. Um, so they knew I was doing it, but they also kind of thought like, isn't it a little bit early for that? I'm, are you sure you can leave? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Actually, my boss at the time, she looked at me and she was like, you can't quit your job. You need the money to be able to support your VR work. And I was okay. like, well, that's not true, <laughs> actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. So, so uh, with the space slurpees, you could, um, yeah, you could uh, earn enough money to survive? I could. Oh, now, perfect, in true entrepreneurial fashion, I put the money back into the company. Yes. So, we made decent money from space slurpees, but then I, I used the money from those profits to reinvest and we hired two contractors to start working on future content and games as well. Because part of my plan was I had like three years of savings backed up so that like I could just reinvest to the company in the first few years. Right. Oh man, it, it sounds just like me. I also used my savings for the first couple of years just to make it happen, right? And oh, I, yeah. the feeling is crazy. <laughs> the feeling is a bit crazy, of course, right? It's a crazy feeling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth it though. Cool. So um, you, you're working completely alone or you, you have a team, a little team? Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So I work very closely with my best friend, who's our my social media manager. Um, it's just something he almost volunteers and helps with. He helps with a lot of the communications. And then we have like a rotating team of freelancers and contractors. You know, we want to get to a more stable point where we have full-time employees, but As it is right now, we, we usually bring people in as freelancers and specific assignments, especially because when you're creating video games, you require a, a large variety of skill sets, whether it's right. 3D animators, designers, modelers to musicians and composers. And so it kind of it goes in, in and out. There's a lot of people that we work with regularly. Um, for instance, on the music side, Chalk Dinosaur is a musician that has made music for every game that we have published. And okay. so it's, it's fun working with a team like that. Nice, nice. And tell us about your, your new project. And when, when can we play it? <laughs> yes, yes. So our newest project is an old project. I mentioned Star Blazer was yeah. our first game. We released it for PC VR. In some ways, if I was to be harsh on myself, I'd call it a flop. <laughs> In other ways, it wasn't. A lot of people appreciate what we we're trying to do. But we've learned a lot since then. Now, having released multiple games, having released on you know, nearly a dozen different headsets and VR stores, 
We understand the VR space well, and in particular, we understand mobile VR well. So now we are we have remastered, redone Star Blazer, oh, okay. and we're bringing it into mobile VR. So Yay. for the first time this summer, Star Blazer is coming to all your mobile VR headsets. You know, we'll of course release it on Quest as well as bring it to Pico. Um, and there's not a lot of space strategy games in that space. Okay. So especially so, you know. So what is Star Blazer about? Please um, tell us. Yes, Star Blazer is a real-time strategy game. It's multiplayer, so you're competing against friends, other players are matchmaking, and you've each got a fleet of ships that you're battling against each other. Um, there's a little bit of like a capture the flag element where you're trying to capture your ship's commander, your, your enemy's commander. Right. The easiest comparison I make to you is if you're familiar with StarCraft, imagine that, but in VR. Okay, yeah, good, that sounds good. Great. Yeah, this yeah. is a great time. Great time to release this. Dude. This is so smart because this is a really good game that got overlooked. But I think now with with the influx of people in and making it approachable, um, yeah, especially with the, some of the things we're talking about, what you're doing with it, um, making it approachable now, you're going to hit a whole nother market. So I, I think this game is going to finally get its due. I think. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you're right. A lot of things have changed when we did our final release of Star Blazer, I guess like two years ago. I mean, Quest 2 wasn't around. VR wasn't as mainstream as it is now. There's an entirely new audience out there, an entirely new set of headsets and VR stores that we can publish on. And so I think it's a good opportunity to return to it. Plus, we're taking all the feedback that the users and supporters through the years have given us and really tried our best to make the game like what it should be. Cool. Yeah, uh, I played it already on the Toby booth because it has eye tracking. So I can look at the menu and it will directly pop out. Or it's so cool. I think yeah, <laughs> this is also something that's, that's great that you already put it into the game, the latest stuff. Very nice. And um, how, how hard is it to get onto the Quest store, for example, or the Pico store, these kind of things? Quest store probably a bit tougher than Pico store, right? <laughs> Pico store is <laughs> probably like, yeah, come, bring it in. <laughs> We need Quest everybody. Like, in no, here. no. <laughs> yeah, Quest is difficult. Um, I mean, the way Meta works is they're very selective on what types of games and content go on their store. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're going to summarize it, it's going to be either content that comes from big publishing studios right because well actually the biggest overall statement is if they think it's a sure bet they'll put it on the store which means okay. two things either from big publishing studios big brand ip or from already proven commercially successful titles so yeah. like or if you've that's been a where guest they're going to say they're like podcast. no yeah, yeah. And, and they're going to tell you oh we've got smaller indie studios and oh we've okay. got these you know indie games and it's like Yeah, after they already proved they could get 300,000 downloads on Steam. Right, right. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So it's not going to be so easy. Yeah, right. but anyways. Anyways, um, we hope that you're gonna, that you're going to make it. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And then Pico is interesting. Yeah, Pico. yeah, we got through Pico because actually HTC helped a lot in getting our brand out there. Okay. Because um, we launched on both the Vive Focus 3 and the Vive right. Flow. And right. then that's kind of... What I think got Pico's attention. Okay, perfect. So, I've, I've actually tried it on the flow. I have a flow right over. Oh, there. you have a flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a flow oh, over nice. there that I don't use very much. But yeah, when me I neither. Not my favorite I headset. I, some, I do jump into some Slurpees because it actually is a good headset to play Slurpees on. Probably that's about 
Okay, the only game is probably good. good... (laughs) (laughs) You're right, right. Are there more games still? (laughs) There are some, yeah. Yeah. Before before we go to our AWE topic, one more question, Alex, as a as developer, how complicated is it to bring a game, a quest game, to the pickle store? In your opinion, like how how complicated is it to yeah to make this this conversation happen on this? uh, You know, bring it from here to there. (laughs) Yeah. So. In general, whether it's Pico, Oculus, or the HTC headsets, the best advice that I'd give to developers is fully embrace the updated SDKs, specifically OpenXR, OpenVR, and like the XR toolkit in Unity. I mean, that's been a lifesaver for us because I know a lot of other developers, when they're porting to some of these newer headsets, Now, I got the feedback from these companies that like some of these teams are really struggling because they were trying to pour old legacy code onto these new headsets. And these big companies are making an effort to embrace some of the standards and the universal practices. And so in our case, because even though it's, it takes work to stay updated, um, at the same time, it's well worth it when you need it because then things just work. So we were on the latest version of Unity, the latest version of the XR Toolkit. We were using OpenVR. And so a lot of the ports weren't as hard as they might have been on other developers. Okay. Also, we built our content to be portable, if that makes sense. Ah, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Very interesting to to see now all the games on the pico i have the pico here right and uh, yeah the the store is quite okay not bad and well the games play very similar so i was thinking like how tough is it actually to bring the games over since the hardware basically is the same like the quest 2 right so yeah very interesting cool yes great to get some insight into this all right but now now let's get into our main topics here and um, yeah first of all let's start with um, the awe with the awe recap so i think we we all agree the best thing is to meet to meet all those people and i think at awe what is amazing everyone is just an xr enthusiast <laughs> right do you have the same yeah. feeling for the, for that show yeah Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I was at CES and I was at GDC this this past year, and they were really good shows. Um, but the VR, AR, XR world is still small in those shows. They're they're yeah. You're right. General GDC is all gaming, but this is the first show that I went to that was all about virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. Um, so it was all of our people, which was great, which was amazing. Um, every person that you talk to pretty much has a passion for some type of augmented or, or virtual reality, which is really great. And you can have a conversation with them and just see their eyes light up when they see another person or talk to another person that knows what they're talking about. Because there's a lot right. of times that you go to these other shows and you start talking about something and people are like, what they, oh. you know, they just don't get virtual reality still <laughs> when you, when right. you still do these things, it's getting better, but it's still really small. So this show for me was by far the best um, show that for, for, for meeting virtual reality people, uh, meeting, yes. you know, peers, meeting other people that are passionate about something. It makes a difference. It's cool. Do you have the same feeling, Alex? Absolutely. I think it's the most concentrated show of like VR content and right. users that I've been to. Um, the only other one that was close was Oculus Connect because obviously okay. that's, that's you obviously know, also everybody one. around <laughs> Oculus at the Oculus time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but you know, kind of like Eric, most of the shows that I'd 
been to had been just general gaming conventions. You know, okay. we went to like PAX and G Star. And while I love introducing people to VR, I also hate introducing people to <laughs> VR because I want to I want to show them my content, not yeah. teach them the basics of VR. Right. right. Um, but you end up doing that a lot at these big game shows. And it was really freeing at AWE because I could talk about VR very generally and everybody understands what I'm talking about because everybody in there has used it before. And, and that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really amazing feeling to see all of these XR people. And yeah, for me, it was the first time that I went back to the States after the whole COVID thing. Well, it's still a thing, right? But it's it was just mm. such a good feeling to be back. I always enjoy to to meet you guys in the United States of America. I I have the feeling um, somehow I go very well with the vibe there, with this kind of uh, can-do attitude that Americans normally have, this kind of positive vibe. <laughs> I, I also have this. I'm really this kind of very positive guy. And somehow I feel very good there. <laughs> if, if, if that makes like sense, that. if that makes sense for you guys, so yeah, yeah I, I always, I always enjoy to be in the states and then to be there on that show. In that show, that was that was really cool. Yeah. So now let's talk about what we saw. So, um, Alex, uh, what was your highlight uh, from from the things that you that you saw on the show floor? I think one of the most impactful experiences was the Owo haptic vest. Did you all oh. get a chance to try that? I, I did not, but I heard from so many people who loved it. Tell, tell me about tell us about it. Yeah, so that was a very unique experience. It's this haptic vest that sticks to your skin and simulates these different experiences. So the best way to explain it to people who are listening to this show is if you've ever gone to physical therapy or a chiropractor and they have those like sticky pads that they put on your back. Um, yes. It's basically those inside of a vest. I mean, that's oversimplification. They've obviously done a lot to work <laughs> on the algorithms. Um, but they're using electrical stimulus on your skin to create different sensations, whether it's bullets or getting punched or getting stabbed or my least favorite, bugs crawling all over you. <laughs> <laughs> they have these algorithms to simulate these experiences. But doesn't really feel very similar or what? Uh, eerily so. <laughs> I mean, wow, wow. You, you definitely feel like you're being attacked. Wow. That Which is crazy. Did you, did, 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 did you do bad. the uh, knife stab? Where you feel like a knife stabbing into you and then you can feel the knife twisting. Oh, yeah. He did all of it. Um, so they had like an iPad where they were, they were like doing different experiences just to make sure it was working before you go into the overall game experience. And so it's a little alarming when somebody's like, okay. Now I'm going to stab you in the belly. <laughs> Now I'm going to punch you in the chest. But, but, like, okay. uh, thanks. <laughs> but uh, did you wear a VR headset? Yes. So then the big demo that they had is after they make sure it's working, they go through the, the different simulated um, sensations. Then they put you in a game experience where you're like fighting these flying drones and robots. And it's kind of funny. On one hand, I didn't want to do well because I want to feel what it gets what it feels like to get shot and, you know, hit by these different robots. Um, but then you can experience the sensation in an overall, you know, VR experience. Right. Wow. Um, Eric, you also tried th this, this uh, vest? Yeah, I've tried it twice. I didn't, I didn't do it again okay. at, uh, at, right, at, right. at all, but I tried it at CES, tried it again at GDC, and both experiences were really good. At, I, when I tried it at CES for the first time, they were really, really busy. 
and they calibrate it for you. And it can take a long time to calibrate this to get the sensations to where, mm -hmm. where you would want them to be because everybody feels things differently. Okay. So they kept everything on the low, on the low settings the first time I did it. And I thought it was really cool, but I was like, didn't get the full experience. When I okay. did it at GDC, I went into the thing and I was just like, he's like calibrating it for me. And he's like, how's this feel? This feel? I'm like, look, just jack it all the way up. Jack it all <laughs> up to the highest you can go and <laughs> hit me it. with whatever you got. <laughs> just and hit he, it. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I really want the full experience here this time. And uh, he hit I want to feel something arm. finally. <laughs> exactly. He hit me on the upper arm at one point because it's a short sleeve shirt. There is okay. sensors right here. And my arm, lo I lost control of my arm. It like spasmed. <laughs> That's how, how yeah. strong it is. And you can feel it because it because it, it touches oh, you. It, no. It's like wearing a compressed shirt. So it's okay. very tight to your skin. So it, like you, you can feel it in your rib muscles and your back muscles. And if it hits you, right? Like I had actually had a couple of them had the couple of just turned back down. I'm like, oh, maybe that's a little high. Like, maybe turn it down a little bit. But my, the best sensation that I had was they, they simulate a bullet shot where the bullet mm -hmm. hits you in the front and you feel the impact in the front. Then you feel the exit wound of the bullet come out of the back of you. Oh my yeah. god! And then you the sensation the blood trickling down you wow. in the front and in the back. So you have yeah, that, that was cool sensation. Okay, that sounds really that good. That was amazing. So that was uh, what uh, should have done there. I, I, next time you get a chance, you need to try. Yeah. The okay. Bit. All right. Right. Yeah. Just let, let just as we said before the show, not enough time. I I could not exactly. try we did, it all out. We need one more day. We, we need one, one more day. one more day, and then I think I could try every out everything. Yeah. So um, how expensive is that vest? Did they did they say anything? It's between four hundred and fifty and five hundred dollars. I want to say. That's okay. okay. That is. Okay, I was gonna let actually. you say it first, but yeah, I I, I think that it was is, around five hundred. That is so actually pretty, pretty okay, right? That's that's mm -hmm. that's better than than the other vest, the Tesla suit, which is like um, way more expensive. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. It sounds very similar in technology, as in like with the electronic, um, yeah, current going through your body. Yeah. Anyways, cool. That sounds absolutely exciting. I will try out the vest next time I have the chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Eric, how about you? What what, what was your like um, highlight of the show? Oh my God, there was a lot. There was yeah, a lot. I let, know, me, I know. let me first in your chat. I just want to say shout out to my two co-hosts of Reality Bites, Gametag VR and Lamplighter Todd are here in chat. I just want to say hi. Here they are. Thanks. Hello there. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Greetings. We got Reality Bites right after this show. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there was a couple things I tried. Here was here was my situation. We got there um, the first day of the show. It's just basically meetings. Uh, you had or, or or talks. So you have talks the first day. The expo floor isn't open yet. Um, so during that time, we were doing a lot of the talks. But I had a chance to go and do the um, the Vario XR3. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, I was going crazy. I haven't uploaded yet, but I was going so crazy. Tell 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 us more about it. Yeah. It. it, it <laughs> It was crazy, and it was the first thing we did because, again, the expo floor is not even open yet at this point. Um, so there's no technology really seen. It's all about talks and things like that. It's all about doing, like uh, Alexander did a great talk there as well uh, with Toby um, that I got a chance to go see. But that's what it is for the first day. But that day, we actually got a chance to go into a private suite over at the Hyatt Hotel and do the, uh, the Vario demo. The problem with that is it's the first thing I saw. <laughs> and everything else paled in comparison to the demo. It was absolutely amazing. I've never seen anything like it in, uh, before. And the version between VR and XR in that headset, it will blow your mind. Um, you, did you guys both get a chance to do it? Yes, I also did it. Um, and uh, to tell our viewers and listeners, 
what we were checking out was the XR3. It's their mixed reality headset. So it has a very nice um, high quality color pass through, something that we haven't seen until now. We, we, we are going to see it with Cambria, right, and the Lynx. But right now, if you want really amazing color pass through, that is mm. going to be the XR3, right? It's yeah. not made for us, it's, it's made for industry, and you can tell why. Like, yeah, it's so good. It's unbelievable. It's so I, I cool. I was, I was telling everybody this story. This, this, you guys know because you've tried, you've been at these things and tried headsets before. The pastor was so good here. When when the demo is over, normally, what is the first thing you you want to do? Because you're in a room full of people watching you when you do these demos. You feel and you're in you're in VR, so you feel like you need to yank the headset off, so can make eye contact, and yeah. start talking. You know, the demo's over, so you don't need to be in there anymore, right? Yeah. This pastor was so real that I had a probably two to three minute conversation with two or three people that were around me because and with the headset on. And I, again, everything was done. The demo was over. Normally, I would just yank the headset off and start talking to them at that point. With this, I didn't feel the need to get out of the headset because the past was so real. I almost forgot I was wearing the headset. I, the the pass-through is mind-blowing with this. The pass-through is amazing. And also what I saw, the 3D of the pass-through is perfect. There's no, yeah. there's nothing wrong. Like you see your hand in front of you when you do this, and it's just like the real hand. So there's no, it's not, it's not smaller, it's not bigger. The 3D is not wrong. The perspective, everything is right. You can totally work like this. <laughs> it's freaking amazing. It's so good. And then yeah, to see this, they 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 showed us a huge model of a car, which was like yeah. materializing in front of us in that room. And then what I really loved was that kind of occlusion. So if there was a person standing behind that virtual car, well, you could you could only see the person just as if you would, just as if the car was standing there and blocking the view, right? It's just totally mind blowing. And then uh, they just did something, boom, and then the whole thing was just virtual again, and oh, it's just like so good. What a great demo! That was actually the last demo that I did. At uh, AWE, so uh, I you were lucky. Uh, That's what I yeah. should have done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's the best way to do it. <laughs> it was just like wow. It was uh, the highlight, one of the highlights. So I told the lighting, them, okay. the lighting too, yeah. right? The lighting. Did you notice the light, light car? Yeah, it was yeah, real yeah. time. Right, exactly. Like, there, like when you looked at the car, there was lighting. Like we had lighting in the room, and if you if you stepped in front of some of the lighting, you could see the shadows on the car. Exactly. It was real time. Crazy. It, it was real time and it was just unbelievable. And I, I told them, okay, this demo is so good. I can totally see how all the executives from Mercedes, Porsche, and whatever they show them, they directly just buy that, right? They, oh, yeah. they directly buy that. It's, it's just like so good. Yep. I also think like Vario totally killed it here with that. They have a great product and yeah, they're very successful with it. Cool. Yep. I also agree with it. This was really good. Another thing that, that I personally found amazing, wait, let me just find the video where I'm using it, is this here, the yaw, the yaw 2 yeah. motion simulator. That was, that was pretty amazing. I, saw, I, I always wanted to try it out, but now I finally did. And I had the time of my life. <laughs> I'm not sure if you watched this video, but I'm using it here sometime later, here. <laughs> and I, I was, oh, okay, now we have advertisement, damn. I want to make money here with this, it seems. YouTube got you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I now I have to let the ad go. Yeah, but the Yaw 2 motion simulator, absolutely incredible. I was, 
I was just smiling and giggling, and uh, I couldn't believe what's <laughs> happening there. <laughs> Look at my face. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was playing some roller coaster, or we were playing some roller coaster in that. And then in the roller coaster, you also get to shoot things. And I was just, like, so amazed by it. I was just thinking, okay, if I have this thing, I don't need to go to Disney World anymore. I have all the rides at home, all. And it just felt the same. I'm telling you, it was so, so similar. Did you try it out? I didn't get a chance to try that one, but look at this. Oh, it's so good. It's it's so good. I, I, I did try it. It's amazing. And I th think we talked after this. We were at a party after this and we were talking. Yeah. And I think we both said, I think this is I, I think we're both getting that. <laughs> we're both gonna try and get this next, right? I, I yeah. want one of these. This is this is really this is the most desired thing that I want next. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love hardware, really. But this is really on a different level. And uh, I, I can just imagine <laughs> <laughs> like like I'm a I'm a tall and heavy guy, you know, like yeah. 94 kilogram, and it, this this thing had no problem like shaking me around and doing all the stuff, and it, it it just felt so much more immersive than without it. Yeah, I want it, yeah. and it's not yeah. even like so super expensive, probably two thousand or three thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, it's it's not cheap, no question well, about yeah, it. Yeah, but for what it is, but, it's affordable, but, right? But for that for that kind of thing, it was just a killer. So, I mean, yeah. to your point, like, what's what's a four day pass to Disney World yeah, plus plane yeah, tickets plus exactly. hotel? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you even don't get your nice food that you can get at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. my goodness! Uh, everyone needs one. I'm just can imagine how amazing like like flight sims would be, or or racing sims, or or any of these sims, where where this kind of movement will help you with immersion, right? So yeah. Your two. So the only. It's amazing thing... how smooth yeah. it is too, right? Yeah. Like, like I've tried other motion simulators, and they, they're, the, when you, it can be rough. Y'all can be rough when it wants you to be rough to have that feeling of being rough. But when it's supposed to be smooth, it is so smooth. Like there's no like jerky movements that would, like throw you around. Like I've seen them where they almost shake people's headsets off. That are so yeah, exactly. they're just too much. You know what I mean? And it's not here. When it, and like somebody I think was asking in the, in the chat, like, what do you think of wear and tear or use over this? I don't think i think it's really well done really well made so you don't have a lot of that hammering you know jittering you know where you where you would have things fall apart quickly if you were using it a lot um here again you, you can even see where you are in here the, the movement up and down you are moving a lot up and down but it's actually smooth when you do it it's not like it all oh, it's it's not bouncy or anything like that <clears throat> it is exactly so anyways I had to get out of this really fast because the night before we had a party. We did. <laughs> yeah. And then I was feeling a bit like, yeah, I need to get out of this very soon here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but but it was it was it was really good. So wow. Your two that was also one of the winners for me. And I hope that they can get their production ramped up as soon as possible. Because I think the only problem is that they have is that they need to produce it, mass produce it, and send it out to people. I think if you order it now, you can only get one in December or so. So mm. this is the limit that they have right now. But yeah. uh, wow, yeah, that was really good. Cool, cool. And what I personally also really enjoyed was this here. Let me show it to you. Um, yeah, there, 
different kind of cool things. The the light field monitors. Have you seen the Sony oh one God. and the Leia one? It, it was yes. it was it was super shocking for me. Yeah. There was a couple of good ones there, like three or four really good. Oh really? There. Okay. Le okay. Leia Leia stole the show from me, I think. Yeah, Leia was amazing. Yeah. You're looking now at the Sony one, but I think both were pretty amazing, honestly speaking. But uh, yeah, also like the Leia one a lot. So I, I was not um, aware like how far we are with technology, honestly speaking, with yeah. this 3D technology. So when you looked at this light field displays, it was perfect 3D without glasses. Perfect 3D. It was just mind-blowing. And uh, the resolution was also close to retina, right? As in like you can't see pixels anymore. It was just like perfect 3D. Did you also have the feeling? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's it's mind blowing. It doesn't. It, if you guys are looking at the video here, this does not do it justice of what we're yeah. really seeing. What you're exactly. seeing there, it's 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 full blown like Minority Report type. If you've seen that movie with Tom Cruise, it it, it gives you that effect of this uh, this image floating uh, out to you, and it, it it looks very very real. Um, yeah, it, it's it's amazing what they're doing now with these displays. I feel like this is always the hard part of this industry is. If anybody watches a video of something, it doesn't do yeah. it justice. Once you see it in person, though, then it's mind-blowing. Exactly. This is definitely a good example of that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Here in the video, you cannot really tell, but it was mind-blowing. And let me also show you the other display from from Leia. That was... Oh, that was Leia awesome. was so good. I, I, I had not heard of Leia before, had you? Cause, and they blew my mind. Uh, I also... It's, it's a company I'm going to keep an eye on. At the party the night before, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I met I met them. I, I met one of them, of the guys who gave me the demo later, which was amazing. But but then before I had, hadn't heard it. And mm -hmm. the, the great thing is, this tech is ready. It's there. They they are looking for customers to build that into laptops and stuff. And just think about if you if you had a laptop that can do that. And they also showed some three D movies like Batman. And it's, okay, it was just like so so much better. And I couldn't believe that we are so far already with the technology and uh, that what we look at right now is total shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, this, the 3D effect of this game, this dungeon war or whatever, there was, oh, it was just perfect. And now he's showing me um, the 3D movie. Also, of course, way better here. Oh, there was just so convincing it was just so much better than what we have right now looking at these 2d screens so guys what do you think how long will it take until this is like totally normal well i think from a technology space it's going to take some of your premium hardware developers to embrace the technology because you all mentioned i think leah is a great example because you said, you know, have you heard of them before? And I think this was the first convention that a lot of people had heard from them. Yes. Believe it or not, I remember meeting them a couple of years ago. Oh, really? When okay. they were developing, working on the technology, trying to find hardware partners. And I mean, that goes to show like how long it takes to truly develop this technology and get it right. Um, but you, you know, when I think about them as a company, they have to find the right partners. They have to find the ones who are willing to invest in premium technology and premium experiences. And you know, like laptops and PCs, I, as much as I hate to say it, your super mainstream market is not going to get this technology until it's 
in the premium devices, you know, looking at like Apple and ones like that, and then right. people ex start to experience it and then start to see it as something they can't live without. Okay. Some of this that new technology sense. is only going to be mainstream once people really believe that like, it, you know, we can't live without it, but it's going to have to start in a premium space with hardware partners that are willing to invest in it and take the chance. And that's tough. Okay. Got it, it is, so, but if they, I think if like they, VR. They, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. But I think what they're if they're showing what they're what they're showing here, if they can bring this to some of the big boys and show these to like, you know, HP or some of these big manufacturers, you're going to see them. They're going to be they're going to have their minds blown, too. And, and they're probably already working on this anyway. I would say most likely all these big I would say within a, two years, we'll see our our monitors will will no longer be flat. Hopefully, man. I want it now. Monitors. Yeah. Now that yeah. I know what I'm missing, I want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's hard to go back catching everything flat now when you've seen that and there was one also too i don't remember the name of it now it's just it's completely escaping me but you could actually they had a tracking device set up with it where you could actually take your hands and you could manipulate the hologram which was amazing ah looking glass looking could glass be? there it is Thank yes you. right yeah, yeah. exactly that was awesome. that was amazing yeah. yeah wow 3d <laughs> i like it i like this whole 3d thing heck yeah <laughs> Yeah, but Alex, I really like uh, what you said. That's okay. Probably one of the big ones has to take it mainstream and invest a lot of in it, so that people will see, wow, what they're missing. Yeah, just like mm -hmm. VR, right? Probably we do need that Apple XR headset to show the mainstream, like, wow, this we want this, we need this, and have that iPhone moment for the whole industry to yeah. understand that, wow, this VR, it is quite good. <laughs> it is pretty nice. Uh, yeah, definitely. So. so and I think you it. need more people to experience it hands-on. And then you need them to yeah. walk away thinking, like, I, I wouldn't want to experience without it. Um, you know, it's, it's funny looking at the chat. You see, like, 3D TVs, and, you know, we think about 3D experiences in the theater. Well, if people <laughs> went to the theater and they watched a 3D movie, what you want them to say when they leave the movie theater is, I never want to see another movie unless it's in 3D. And fortunately, people didn't say that when we first released 3D movies. They're like, Avatar, pretty cool. Yeah. And then they went and watched other movies on flat and were fine. Um, but right. I think it's getting there. I mean, I think VR is, because I've definitely heard people say, like, flat gaming doesn't bring them the same level of immersion now that they've tried VR. And that's a good sign. That means the technology is getting addicting. Yeah, it is. Like, I do have problems playing 2D games now. I can still enjoy some, but in general, I want to be in the game. It makes sense. Why would I not yeah. want to be in the game? <laughs> right? thank, God, thank God PlayStation VR 2 is coming. <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be so good. I can't wait that's for gonna that. That's going to change things. That's That'll going change to things. really change a lot. That's going to change the game for sure. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, is there anything else for any of you that, that stood out um, in the show? I still have some things here, but um, if you have some, some things that uh, I think stood out. One more that stood out to me because of just how much fun of an experience it was, and I think very accessible if we're talking about like bringing to mainstream, was the Tilt 5 gaming. Oh, now, I would say yeah, absolutely. Good. it's a super it. good experience. It, visually, like it's probably not the same mind-blowing as some of these other ones that we've talked about, um, but the way users can just get in and start playing with each other, playing on just... To recap for the audience, it's basically like a 3D game board. If you can think about like in Star Wars where they're playing the hologram chess, 
yeah. it's getting to that type of experience. Users have to put on these glasses and they have these little wands that they use, but it's very, very easy to play. And it's very easy to interact with other other players around the table. And it's fun. It's fun to just walk up to this table, start playing in 3D. And I think this plays to what I was saying, where like you want that type of experience where it's just so easy, but also immersive and fun. So that one really stood out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, uh, what are your thoughts about Tilt 5? I love Tilt 5. I, <laughs> okay, I'm a same huge here. fan. Same I'm here. a huge fan, fan of fan. all of yeah, yeah. Just fan. fan of the technology and fan of the people. The, the whole people, this gentleman right here, this is Daniel Nelmar. The bearded bard, he's an amazing person. Um, <laughs> Same here. You know, I think Stephanie Greenhall, Jared, <laughs> Jared, you know, Jerry Ellsworth, the oh whole team there, they're just all good people. When you have good mm -hmm. technology, but you have amazing people behind it, it makes it better. I want to root for these people more, right? When you, you know, totally it, rooting for them. You know, you get somebody like, like Alex who's doing amazing things with his game. I root for these developers because they're I, – I, We've all seen people. There's people Thanks. out there like, wow, you're great. You're really amazing, but you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't really <laughs> like you. You know what I mean? But when you can find people that are amazing people yeah. behind the technology, then it's a, then it becomes more like personal for me. Like I have a stake in the game because I think that they're, again, they're they're brilliant in what they do, but they're just good people and it just makes it better. So this whole team right here, I for Tilt 5, man. I, I, I would promote them whenever I can because, number one, the experience is amazing. I think it's going to be really, really great. Um, you can get them right now, and then the people behind it are really great too, and it, it definitely helps. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, here. Yeah, this is now <laughs> the, the the moment when I tried for the very first time in my life, and I came all the way to the states to try it out, because before I was always excited about the concept, but I couldn't imagine how it looks. How is the 3D effect? How bright is the picture? What is the what about the FOV? So I was so stoked to try it out myself. The technology, it sounds so interesting because the headset actually, it projects um, the picture to that gray reflective board. And from there, it comes back to your eyes. So it's not like the glasses would directly project them into your eyes. So therefore, the, the video, the, the, the 3D picture that you see, it's perfectly um, yeah, stable on that board. Very and stable. It's yeah. super stable. It's it's not yeah. like uh, some other AR things where it's shaking around or what. No, it is super stable on that board. The 3D yes. effect is perfect, and um, the 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 picture is super bright. Even though we were in that expo hall, right? It's super bright, and it's just really everything that I had hoped for. It worked. It is mm -hmm. great. I absolutely love it. And yeah, just like what, what Eric said on top of that, and, and all the people are amazing. <laughs> okay, what is not to love, right? Exactly, what is yeah. not to love? It's like, uh, it's so cool. And it's not even expensive, uh, in my opinion. $359. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple right. questions in the chat about content for it. And I, right. I wanted to speak to that because kind of to Eric's point, I'm, I'm now rooting for them now too, because... I think they're a good company, and I think there is going to be a lot more content for it. I know that they themselves have been supporting getting new content onto the device. A um, couple of things that they've done like as a company is, one, they've made their SDK very easy. Um, you need to do that for developers. Uh, we like hearing things like drag and drop assets and you know works out of the box. And you can tell they put a lot of focus into making it easy to bring games over. Also pretty smart about how they distribute the content. Um, I was very surprised to learn that like a lot of the content you can get 
from Steam, you can get from normal places that gamers are used to shopping for games and content, and they're not trying too hard to like restrict it to their platform. And I think having that type of like open build mentality is going to attract more developers. Yeah, you're right. Hopefully. So now you can pre-order it in, in, I think, 30 countries, and you should yeah. totally do so if you are into this kind of tabletop gaming uh, in, in a holographic way. <laughs> I mean, you should yeah. get into I it. Think I think five bucks you can you can pre-order it too for five dollars okay. you can get your name on a list and pre-order. That's crazy. That is a really that's a really good price. Yeah. However, I must also say at the moment still every single player needs a gaming PC, right? So so this is at the moment the problem that I see. It's tough to yeah to really meet at a place and everybody brings their laptop. Okay, it, it is doable, but wow, it's not going to happen so often. So w what I really hope, my big hope is that they will make it so that it's uh, simply uh, compatible with an Android phone or an iPhone. I think they're working on it right now and that you can play lots of games also from your mobile phone, right? That would be the best case. W what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, that's what they're actively working on. I, I think Jerry Ellsworth has stated that, uh, you know, with they could have something within within a month or two months they're working on it that, that quickly, that they'll have it set up where you're going to be able to use it with an Android and hopefully with an iPhone. Uh, and they are working on, you know, doing pat. They're 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 going to try and do package deals. I know that where you can buy, you know, multiple headsets to have with one board. Okay. They're not doing that currently, but they're working on that. And uh, I think she stated also that um, they want it to work where you only need one PC. They're working on that actively right now. So you can be in one household, have one PC or one phone, or each on your own phone or something yeah, along the lines. So you're you're not doing that. But you right now currently you could still use it for what I would use it for, which is if I wanted to play something, Sebastian in Germany, I'm in New York. Uh, we could do that. He has a board for three hundred fifty dollars. He has yep. a board and a headset. Alexander, you're in. Yep. Where I'm, you're in. Uh, where are you, Alexander? Houston, Texas. Houston, Houston. Texas. That's perfect. <laughs> we could three of us could be playing right now. You have a board for yep. three fifty. I board for three fifty. That is Sebastian has a board exactly. for three fifty. We could all hang out and play together and have great experience. And that's what I really exactly. think it's for right now. You're right. And, and that is already cool enough, I think. That that already is worth it. So yeah, absolutely uh, a big fan of this technology. And obviously we all want that Demio comes to this. This is just a match made in heaven, right? I, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I'm, I'm so curious why this is not, you know, not already happening. <laughs> so revolution games. Yeah, me too. Resolution it games, make it happen. I've been pushing. I've been pushing because I just got this in the mail today. The new oh, book. Okay, for, cool. Uh, the Serpent. Nice. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. I've been pushing. Awesome. Uh, I, every time I talk to, to you, Resolution, I'm like, guys, go see Tilt 5. This belongs. This game is perfect for that. You guys tried the Lenovo experience with Demio while you were there with the Lenovo glasses. Yeah. Uh, this one, I must say, I was not so a big fan fond, a big fan of. I mean, it's cool that they're trying it, but it, it seemed like uh, the dimensions were off and then... Yeah, the AR was not so perfect. I don't know. What was your feeling about it? I thought it was cool that they did it. Um, yeah, right. That, <laughs> that they can do it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yes. I, again, I'd prefer to do it, see it on the Tilt 5 because I think it would be a better experience there. B 
being able to do that and seeing the demio like laid in your own environment and seeing that moving the characters around yes, was cool, cool but you're yes. right you're right it wasn't perfect and those glasses i think those little glasses are fifteen hundred dollars so oh what you know i think oh that's what they are bring yeah. me the tilt five now are <laughs> <laughs> you kidding yeah, me fine. tilt five's in the yeah. house here it's, it's just so much better the experience i think the, the fov was not good from these uh, mm -hmm. lenovo glasses again it was shaking it was not perfect and stable so no <laughs> I had to dismiss nope. it. I told them there. Okay, Daniel VR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I told them at the booth. Okay, guys, tilt five, please, tilt five. I can in my video. I'm, I'm mentioning it like a couple of times when I was there. Yeah, mm. right. Well, and there was. But let's get to another booth now, which I thought was pretty amazing. Um, it was a surprise for me. <clears throat> OVR smelling technology. <laughs> Have you tried that? That was really like surprisingly amazing. Did you have the same feeling? Have you tried, Alex? Yeah, yeah, the smelling technology. It's definitely an interesting one. Um, always interesting once you start talking use cases, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see me smelling here. Eric, tell, <laughs> tell, tell us about your, um, your thoughts about it. So I've tried a couple of before in the past, and this probably was one of the best ones I've ever done. They did one smell that really kind of sealed it for me they did like a burning marshmallow if yes. you would be like yes. or toasting marshmallows exactly. and i literally almost had to look out of heads because i thought maybe somebody was faking it and like toasting a marshmallow next to me because i really <laughs> thought it smelled exactly like a marshmallow and i like the form factor of this because the yeah, ones i've exactly. tried before were always yeah. big a lot of them the systems i've seen they actually hung around your neck like and like they had like vials you know down like on your chest this one snaps where you know kind of like you know goes right onto the bottom headset and I think this is doable. I, this is, I think this is close. I mean, they could do something like this if they get something passed yeah. by the FDA. Yeah. It, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. The form factor is finally like where it needs to be. Other ones in the past, um, you know, if they're the stands with like the spray aerosols, it doesn't clear out the air enough or it doesn't attach to the headset well. But you're right. The form factor is a huge win for this one. Form factor is great, and also how well it actually works. That they can mm -hmm. uh, show you—I don't know how to say show. I don't know. Show you different kind of smells within seconds of each other, and it is different. It's really different. So the old smell is kind of gone, and the new one is there, yeah. which is normally the problem of these kind of technologies. That the old <laughs> smell it stays around, but here, really, they could totally program it to a virtual object, right? This rose—they have a rose in in the in the demo. And if you smell the flower, it will smell like rose. But if you smell the root, then it will smell like 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 earth or what. And mm. yeah, you could do like ex exchange, and it it really really worked well. It really worked as if you had the real rose in your in your hand and putting it towards your nose. It is freaking amazing, I must say. You know, I love immersion, and this just helps with immersion. Just think about what cool things we have, like this um, vest that you've been talking about before. The your thing where yeah. you can sit down. Now you have smell, and then there was even this haptex with this crazy big gloves oh where you can feel stuff. Right? It's like oh my <laughs> that god, that was amazing. We're getting we're getting to a point where we can get so immersed into this world with all these cool gadgets. But this one was, yeah. for me, one of the surprises. Because here's yeah, what you need like, to do. You, yeah. you need to put on all that stuff. Put on all yeah, that shit. It's the same. What oh, you look exactly. like? 
All Everybody's stuff. like picturing like the Ready Player One. <laughs> you're in the suit and you're the like, cool looking. You're in the chair or whatever. You put all this shit on you. You got the backpack yeah. from the haptics. You got the big gloves from the haptics. You had this nose smelling thing from OVR. You got your yaw simulator. Can you imagine doing everything on at one time and seeing what you would look like? The OO vest or a the haptic <laughs> vest. It would look crazy. You would look, look crazy. crazy. Even even this haptic haptx alone. Oh, I need to earn money again. I see. That was crazy. That was probably <laughs> one of my top things. Besides that, okay. the haptx was phenomenal. What did you guys think? Oh, I I didn't have time to try it out. S stupid, oh. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I came all the way from Germany not to try this. Oh out. my god! So, no, I missed that one too. So tell us about this it. This was the best haptics I had ever tried, and I I've tried pretty much everything with with uh with feel haptics, but force feedback haptics when you can actually grab an object, like you grab a ball with this, and you can feel the shape. Like if you didn't see that it was a ball, oh. just by sense you would know it's a round ball because you have. You know, you're not doing this with your hand. It's stopping you at this point. So you can I love feel it. I love the feedback this. at that point. Oh my god! They had one it. sensation where you turn like a, a like um like a wheel on a on a pipe, and it starts to drip water. I put your hand under the pipe, and you can feel the droplets of water. And this is not a vibration. This is the this is feel. This is this is impact, and you can wow. feel it on your hand. Um, you do one which completely blew me away, which. Which Alex actually uh, Skiba just stopped in 007 and gave you a five dollar super chat. Yeah, thank um, you so much. Um, and by the way, Alex and Skiba was amazing to meet you guys. Right, they're awesome guys. I love those they're guys. Awesome. They're so good. Um, yeah, and we. But I was talking with Skiba about, and this was his favorite part of the Apex demo as well. You pulled like a rope um, to to ring a bell, and you would hold the rope down so it was tension on the rope yeah. with one hand, and you grabbed it with the other, like you would do like a bow, like shooting a bow. And you could feel the tension of drawing the rope back like a bow. And then when you released it, you felt the tension release like it released. Okay. And then you wow. felt the resonance in the other hand of the That's of the amazing. rope, you know, you know, uh, vibrating. Um, incredible. You got to like pet a cat and you could feel the cats, you know, you could feel the cat purr in your hand and you could feel the, the cat, you know, the force feedback of touching the cat on there. Um, completely crazy. Amazing. But. Again, you're wearing a huge like Ghostbusters yeah, I, I, backpack with these huge gauntlets <laughs> exactly. on your hand. Exactly. Crazy. It's like um yeah, it's it's tough to make this go mainstream. This is just, just too huge, right? With with a huge backpack and whatever oh, yeah. you need. Oh my goodness. It's so interesting. But it's there. It's there and it's, it's coming. There. You know what it, I mean? It is coming. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So wow, so many cool things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, with all the technology these days, I don't worry too much about the size or the weight because that'll come down. That's just like You're the right. nature of technology. Moore's law, everything shrinks, right? And yes. I mean, a couple of years ago when we were talking about VR, everybody's looking at the massive gaming PCs required to run PC VR, and they said, "There's no way this will come mainstream." And well, now we've got all kinds of mobile VR headsets. So if we can do that with just like the headsets, all the rest is going to continue to shrink and be a, a, a workable size as well. Yeah, agreed. So mm. cool that the stuff is there and it's going to get smaller for sure. Yeah, one other, um, yeah, one other device which also is better than the one before is the Magic Leap Two. I must say this was also actually one of the surprises. I didn't expect it to be so good. That's at least what I felt that it was good. What what is what is what what are your thoughts about the Magic Leap Two? Why didn't you expect it to be so good? I'm curious about that <laughs> statement. Uh, okay, back. because um, the first one was kind of 
yeah, disappointing. It was all right, but in general, I feel that AR is more going the um, um, the path that um, Cambria is doing, or like the Apple device, as in uh, you have cameras and then you have um, this kind of uh, VR, which becomes AR, or like the XR, the XR3 from Vario. This really see-through AR that Magic Leap is doing and Hololens is doing. I actually don't think it is the right thing now in this moment in time. Mm. That's what I think. Does it make sense, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> 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 about that yeah, yeah I, I can see that. <laughs> right? Because, well, with the, this, this device was good, I think. But still, obviously, there is this problem of the FOV, which is not great. And with these kind of devices like Cambria, you do have VR FOVs, like 90, 90 degrees horizontal. And in here, probably you have still 45 degrees horizontal or something, right? So this was a huge improvement yeah. over the other, over their last headset. This yeah. the new. I mean, I thought they were gone. I really thought they weren't going to make it. Like I, I was surprised when they were here and how this was one of the hits of the show too. By the way, this was probably For the busiest booth. Um, I, I, lo uh, this I, I personally loved it. Yeah, people 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 were waiting hours to <clears throat> excuse me to do this demo. Um, there was yeah. always a line, even the, even at the end of the show last day, there was always a huge line to get in and do this. And um, I thought it was cool. I mean, the the FOV is better than it was. That's how bad it was before. That it's still not great, but it was so bad before, and that was the biggest downfall to it for me. Was the I love the FOV about it. It's so like bad. expectations were so low that when it was decent, <laughs> it blew us away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hey, yeah, that right. is not bad. No, really, I went into that with very low expectations, but they were surpassed. So I was I was going out of this, and I thought like, hey, Magic Leap is back. They have a shot now with this to sell this to companies, for example, because the experience was good. I really felt it was good. Like the, the virtual um, image that we saw was bright. The FOV, the FOV was not terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> it's still not amazing, right? But it's not, it's not so terrible. And what I thought was that it's very uh, comfortable, the headset. It's very light to wear. So, so you do also have to wear the compute unit like a little purse but i forgot about it i totally forgot that i was mm. wearing it I'm, I'm i'm wearing it here right now yeah and the, the greatest feature though the most amazing feature is that dimming feature did you have a demo where you could see the dimming feature eric and alexander mm, i didn't Okay. I'm distracted by space slurpees and AR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where to go. I, I did I did get to try it. I think it was very cool. And I think that was one of the saving graces of it to get it closer to what we're talking about. My concern yeah. for this is I really, really think that the Lynx um is has a good chance to be something special. Um yeah. and to me, I think the Lynx had better field of view. Uh, I've tried yeah. the Lynx um XR one and I think it's I think it's a better headset. If if Stan can get things figured out with that, to where he can start touching these things, and if it, if 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 the final product is anything like the demo for the Lynx, that Agreed. is going to be something special. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, see, that's the thing is like the first Magic Leap when it came out, the expectations, as we know, were set almost too high, and then everybody is disappointed. But then now that the second one's here and they show it, it's 
the problem is now they have so much more competition, especially considering right. the amount of like investment they put in early on kind of blew the head start. Now at this point, there's a lot of people with good technology. Exactly. Exactly. Now they're competing with other headsets like the Lynx or even with the Cambria, honestly speaking. I'm sure the Cambria will have this kind of functionality like the Magic Leap 2 has, but better since it's going to be a very good color pass-through. I'm sure that Meta is going to do an amazing job, right? Like Eric and Alexander, we have seen what, what Vario can do with that $5,000 yeah. device, right? With that great pass-through. I am sure that Meta can give us something comparable for $1,200 or whatever. Right? If they then, do, it's worth everything. It is. I'm, they, I'm, sh I'm sure it is going to be amazing, the Meta Cambria. I'm sure. And then for 1000 something, you have a device that is way better than the Magic Leap 2, that can do way more things, and that has so many games on top if you want to use it for gaming. But you can also then bring in all these cool AR apps that are going to come. So I really think that even though I really enjoyed the Magic Leap 2, it's going to have a tough time against the Cambria, the Lynx R1, and also in the future, next year, the Apple device. I'm pretty sure it's going to blow it out of the water. Yeah, it's getting competitive. It is. It is getting competitive. Yeah. That's what you say a lot about you know, walking the floor. You can say that about a lot of these companies. You're almost like, this is amazing, but it's too late. You know what I mean? You say that a lot. Is it too late? Mm -hmm. I mean, did it pass them by? And unfortunately for some, it will. And this market is moving so fast right now that, you know, if you don't get your stuff out, you quickly can be uh, antiquated very fast. And all of a sudden you find yourself moving on to your next project already because it doesn't work anymore. It's, it's not as good as it, which it could have been if you launched it a year ago. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But, but still it was interesting for me to see that dimming technology. So there's one, mm -hmm. one demo and suddenly they say, okay, now we're going to turn off the lights and poof, it's kind of black suddenly. Cool. And, and, they, and they can also like um, use this feature not for the whole, field but they can choose which part of your world becomes black and so they can make real blacks in this kind of ar glass wow that is that was really pretty cool so i think the magic leap 2 booth and the device itself it's also won one of these augie awards of the show together with Chill five and uh, yeah I, th I thought that was correct that they won because it was really a very nice um, device and definitely better than the first one. And I do think they have a shot, but yeah, lots of competition there now. Yeah, cool. That's basically what I had in mind for AWE uh, 22 recap. Do you have any anything else that you would like to point out or tell the audience? Um, the only other thing I would say, there was, there was some small AR stuff that I thought that was just kind of neat. Uh, there was a lot of smaller booths there. Um, mm -hmm. They were doing AR with like books. Did you guys happen to walk by this? There was um yeah. some of these AR features where they had these full blown you know hardcover books that had experiences in them, whether it be sci fi or, or fantasy or or for kids with little animals. And you could open up these books with your phone or your tablet or your iPad or whatever whatever it is. You put it in front of the picture book, and whatever little character is there on the page, all of a sudden pops out in AR. And you see it, and you can actually manipulate it, and move it around by cool. moving, um, moving the, the your your you know touching the screen on your phone, and you can actually visualize the entire book this way. And a very small part of AR, I think, and it's a, it's AR as as it's at its you know rudimentary level. I just thought it was amazingly cool. And if kids could experience 
books this way. I think this is way this is the way the kids should learn in the future. Um, forget about for entertainment, for sure. but just regular learning. Could you imagine opening opening a history book and being able to see, you know, uh, you know, things pop out of it and be real in your space um, by using you know a pad or a phone. Um, you know, tech, you know, learning things, you know, for being a doctor or, or anything like that. There's so many things that this will affect and impact us. That that kind of blew me away a little bit. Cool. Yeah, this technology is really cool. And it's going to happen, just like you said. <laughs> yeah. Cool. A anything for you, Alexander, um, that, that you want to mention from AWE? I guess it's a bit selfish, but I think eye tracking, the interesting thing I wanted to mention <laughs> is, you know, we talked about putting the games, but what I found interesting about AWE was the responses on eye tracking. Because when I first started talking to Toby like a year ago, and they expressed that like anecdotally when they worked with developers, sometimes people weren't sure about like the use cases for eye tracking. But when I left AWE and some people started experiencing the content, and yes, experiencing my own game, like I said, <laughs> this is somewhat of a What's the name statement. again of it? <laughs> that Starblazer, that, that game won the oh, yeah. That Starblazer <laughs> game. Oh, I also tried it. It was I, I, really I good. I had a chance to experience it. It was yeah. a good experience. <laughs> yeah, it was a great experience, yeah. But what I like about the comments are once they see some of the use cases, then everybody started to move to this mentality of, well, this is going to be in all the headsets someday and i think with all of this it's so interesting to me to see the new technologies that are being developed and then trying to guess what is going to be the subset that's in everything that's in every vr setup i mean right. if you look at like you know game consoles for instance you can see like lots of different things that were experimented in controllers like little touch pads and things like that but at the end of the day there's still some like table stakes of what goes into a game console or you know, even with cell phones. And I think VR is going to be like that too, is we're starting to now circle the drain and users are starting to figure out like, what is the bare essentials that every VR experience needs to have? You know, is it going to be smell and haptics and eye tracking and, and things like that? I think people are starting to figure that out, but I'm enjoying that experience. Yeah, yeah, cool. And um, yeah, I also, I also was at the Toby booth and did all the demos. And yours was your game, Starblazer. Yeah, it was. It was one of them, and it was just so nice to see how how well the eye tracking was used for for the menus. And I think now it was still a bit, a bit interesting to use eye tracking for menus. But I think probably in a year or two, it will be totally normal. That we don't mm -hmm. point our controller at things to choose, but we just look at it and then, I don't know, we do click the controller, but we don't have to point at it. And, yeah, uh, no, I agree. Because it's like, right. you know, we started in VR with like using a laser pointer to select everything. But yeah. if you can just select by looking at things, it is more intuitive. And I it think people really intuitive. embrace that. And it made sense to me, which is why we did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does right. make lots of sense. Yeah. But um, I was wondering, also, in the game, can you look at um, the, the starships and choose them? Or is it just yes. in the menus? Okay. Yeah, okay. so the menu, right. like in my talk, um, I discussed the menus and I shared that with the audience because I was like, this is what everybody can implement in any game application I think you should. And then I also mentioned specifically for Starblazer, you have the different ships to control. And you've got a massive fleet of ships, and so it makes sense to give the users an extra amount of granularity in their selection and let them be more specific. And 
your eyes know exactly what they're looking at, right? And so you can look at ships in the game. You can get information, statistics, as well as select them to use them. Yeah, okay, cool. So when, when, when does it come out? This summer. This summer. Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I'm wondering, <laughs> is there any headset that has eye tracking already? Then, yeah, the the Cambria. Uh, yeah. So I would say available right now. You have HTC has the eye tracking version of their Vive, and then right. Pico. We that's what we developed the mobile VR version on the right. Neo Three Pro I. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Pico Neo Three Pro I. Oh, wow. That is I a have to remember. It's a, it's, a, it's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? Pico Neo 3 Pro I. Who comes up with this kind of name? Not me. We could maybe see it soon on the uh, the Pimax Crystal. That oh, has eye wow. wow. What a perfect segue. <laughs> oh, that was probably the, 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 the well, best segue it's, ever. It's Very, the talk show host in me. <laughs> you, you know, you that know how good. to do that. that. Yeah. You know how to do that. Exactly. So... that. Wow, I'm 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 shocked how good that segue was. So, <laughs> the next the next topic. <laughs> If you're finished with uh, talking about um, Star yeah, Blazer, yeah, no, that was such a smooth transition. Exactly. Yeah. So while I was in the plane to the United States United States of America, this happened: the Pimax Crystal event, and Pimax launched. A new headset or, or told us about a new headset which is the Pimax Crystal and the Pimax Crystal is a headset from their new reality series very similar to the, the 12k QLED but it does have a few things which are different for example it has um, new lenses I'm not sure if I can show them here right now probably not I don't know here oh, there you go yep these are um, yeah um, uh, aspheric lenses so aspheric lenses means they are crystal clear, not yeah very unlike the Fresnel lenses, which have these concentric rings. So these kind of lenses will help us not having lots of um, aberrations and especially also no god rays, like for example the Valve Index, which is like terrible, and also other headsets. Most headsets with Fresnel lenses have this problem. Also. Um, just like any headset of the reality series, this is a standalone headset with the XR2 chipset. And I hope I can hear. Here's it. Oh, here's here are the lenses, right? Interchangeable and lenses. They too. are in interchangeable lenses, so you can you can choose if you want to have a clearer picture or if you would prefer a still clear picture but a wider field of view. And also noteworthy that actually. For these headsets, the field of view is not as crazy big as it was normally with the headsets, with the Pimax headsets, but it is just like a bit bigger than than the standard headset. It's still a bit bigger, but it's not like like huge. The difference is not so huge. So that is interesting to see. Um, interchangeable lenses, exactly. Um, standalone headset, um, very high. Um, very high uh, resolution for the for the panels 2888 by 2888 for for each eye so very high um qled mini led technology so we should get very nice colors and really good blacks and the device is coming out earlier than the 12k qled their flagship headset that they have been telling us last year 
So this sh should be very interesting. Price point is $1,800. Let's see if we have uh, another whole picture of the device here. And also there are different kind of uh, front covers. So actually this is an inside-out tracked headset, a standalone headset, just like the Quest, for example, comes with its own controllers. But if you want, if you're not happy with inside-out tracking, if you want to have the, the lighthouse tracking, you can also get this lighthouse cover. Pretty interesting concept, in my opinion. Price, $1,899. And um, yeah, that is not so cheap, though. <laughs> but it's cheaper than a, than a two thousand five hundred dollars um, Pimax twelve K QLED. So um, let's start with um, Alexander. Uh, what what are you making of the the crystal? Yeah, I think it's awesome. And while the price point's high, let's mm. also like brief reminder: anything that doesn't require a gaming PC is great yeah. and already cheaper than things that we've had in the past, right? So that's a good thing. So all standalone headsets and everything with the capabilities exciting and then you know i'm excited that pimax is still around and pushing the boundaries same here and you know when i saw it it's like okay good they're back in it i mean they're definitely like high-end premium um but you know i'll put my slurpees on any headset yeah, so. i just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted I like to it. ask have like you already it. worked on putting it onto the pimax store <laughs> Yes, tell us, how is, how is the crystal? Not, tell us, does it feel put on? Does it look good? Tell us all about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be very careful with my answers, but yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, our games will look great on any headset, especially ones with <laughs> a, specs like that. Okay. That's a great answer. Wow, that is, <laughs> that is good. A, he's good. He's good. He's absolutely good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, cool. Eric, what are your thoughts about the crystal? Here's, here's the thing. Pimax has put themselves in a weird spot here. I'm a, I'm a fan of Pimax because I, I'm glad they're still in this space, right? It would have been easy for Pimax just to bail and just say, look, this isn't working out. We're just going to go enterprise uh, or we're just going to go away because they had their issues over the years. I can tell you this. I recently got a 12KX. It's one of the best headsets I've 12 ever 12KX? You have something. Or, I'm sorry, the 8, 8, 8, 8KX. I'm sorry, the 8KX. <laughs> you have it I'm off the 12K here. So. Um, but it's one of the best sets I've ever I've ever put on. I absolutely love it. It's my new daily driver. I have a wow. Valve Index I, I could use, um, and I prefer to do, do that because I like I like the headset better. So they do some things really really well, but then they kind of put themselves in a weird spot because they jump into so many different pools. Like if I just would focus on one and just say, look, this is us and this is what we're doing. I will say this. They're improving themselves with what they do. They're getting a much better reputa reputation. They're st starting to get away from that bad reputation they've had. I applaud them for still innovating and doing these things. Making a standalone platform, we need this. We need more of this. We need Pico. We need we yeah. need, uh, we need Pimax to be a force to help us. You know, We need more. The more we have, the better we it is for everybody. So I'm extremely interested in this headset. It is a lot of money, and but what I'm telling everybody is just hold on. I understand you think you're like $18.99. Forget it. I'm not doing it. But we don't even know what the Cambria is going to cost yet. They just said it's yeah. going to be way more than $800. That could mean it could be $1,800. So if the Cambria jumps down and says, hey, we're $1,800, does the Pimax crystal seem so far-fetched now? I mean, if you're willing to put that money for a Cambria, right. I would be, you know, depending on what the Cambria is, we don't know exactly what it will be yet, but... 
to me, the Pimax looks more interesting right now. And this is a lot of money, and a lot of people will not be able to buy that. I understand. I get it. It's, it's a lot of money to sink into a headset. But if you do have that type of money and you do want to spend it, I think you could put your money. There's places you could put your money. Right, yes. right. That, that makes yeah. lots of sense. Yeah. Also, I do think it is more for the VR enthusiast. It's not the same target audience like a Quest 2, for example. Right. So, so for that, it makes sense. It seems like they are trying to position it as a Vario Arrow killer, right? In that sense, because yep. the Vario Arrow costs two thousand dollars. It also offers this super sharp picture. It also has. Um, yeah, eye tracking and automatic IPD adjustment and all these kind of things. But for the Arrow, you still have to buy the the Steam VR Lighthouse system, right? Which will, yeah, set you back another six hundred dollars if you need the controllers as well. And for this device, well, it already comes with its own controllers inside our tracking. I do believe that they can nail it with the tracking, like also Pico. They nailed it with the tracking. So I think that the tracking problem in 2022 is solved. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I, re I really think so. so I agree. So yeah. with, with, that, with that said, okay, it might be a really nice competitor for the Vario Arrow, which has the same kind of nice visuals, probably even a bit bigger of an FOV, and it's wireless. So yeah, <laughs> if, you just, if you just do the spec comparison, Vario Arrow against this, I think a lot of people are going to choose the crystal. So the one thing that that um, that Pimax now has to do, deliver. <laughs> you know that has always been the biggest problem of Pimax. They had these amazing shows in the past, like the 12K QLED show, <laughs> but it's just like it's it's just taking too long for people to actually hold the device in their in their hands. So I I do hope. That them saying, okay, it's going to come out in the in Q3 of 2022, that it's going to happen, that we, we will actually see it and have it in our hands. And if they can pull it off, if people can order it and it just comes from Amazon, for example, wow, that would be amazing if they can really pull up a good launch. And then, in my opinion, they do have a shot in this industry, a, a, a really good shot. I think they have, with this device, if it, if it is as good as we hope right now, they have an amazing shot at winning over us enthusiasts. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, they need to get the games, right, Alexander? They got to go get the games. You got to yeah, get because if they're going to have an ecosystem, if they're going to have an ecosystem that's going to survive, <laughs> they need games like Space Slurpees and Star Blazer and Virus Popper. They're going to need all these games. So <laughs> all they, these games. they're, yeah, <laughs> yeah all these three games they, exactly. Then they're going to be good. <laughs> then they're they going to be perfect. Good. <laughs> they're yeah, going yeah. to they're they're need content. And then I can tell you um, now, being doing what I'm doing, I can tell you right now, IMAX pushing on every developer. They are pushing and they're going to try and get as many games on this platform as they can. Okay. And they're but, doing it the right yeah. way. I think okay. they're sticking with a lot of the standards. They're sticking with. You know, when we talked about like porting to other headsets earlier, and I said, that's what you got to do from a hardware perspective. Like you want to make it easy for your developers. And, you know, I think Pimax is one of those that they embrace the market. They embrace the universal standards. I think they can get the content because even as developers, I mean, we're, we're just going to whore out our content wherever we can. Right. And we do like the competition. We don't want one gorilla in the room. <laughs> okay. That makes, that makes so much sense. <laughs> But I'm just wondering, um, don't you think that 
the people who buy this headset actually they don't care about that uh, standalone store don't you think they they care about steam vr content and to play they want to play their games on on that headset i i think it's going to be a mixture because that, that if you're paying that much money for a headset you're going to want to do both you know i mean that's what, that's what they're going to need i think they're going to they're, you're going to have those people that just want it to be their daily driver pc vr headset but if you're able to play other games that are only standalone or, or maybe you know maybe not on pc if you can get some of those games i think you know when you can give a whole package the value uh, of what that is or what that price the value to that price point becomes much easier to swallow so i think it really has to be <clears throat> excuse me a whole package for pimax to make this work okay wow hopefully hopefully it's gonna happen. i agree with that yeah now, yeah. now um what i think is a bit alarming is that i don't have the headset here Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I really I really mean this. I, I really mean this because normally all the headsets, I, I do have them like way before it comes out, right? Can you remember the G2? I had it like nearly a year before right. it came out for people. Yeah, or, or other headsets or the Arrow. I also had it like like half a year earlier than, than people had it in their hands. And that always meant, okay, the headsets are actually there and real when I have them in when I already have them so early but this one I don't have it so I have a that honestly speaking it, it's 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 a little bit of a of a red flag is too is too strong right but I'm not sure if it's already where it should be <laughs> in my hands uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly I don't know I I, okay. I think I, I you totally have it. Understand. Alex has it. He's got it. it. He's got yeah. it. I, I pan, pan, your, pan your camera left. Pan your camera left. Let's see it. <laughs> exactly. Show us your place there. <laughs> what? No. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Here's why I'm not 100% sure that's a red flag. Because I think no, red flag is too strongly. I mean, uh, let's yeah, I understand flag. the concern, but I would say if I was to counter that, the technology is progressing across the entire industry. And some of the things that we might have been concerned about in the past, honestly, shouldn't be as big of concerns, like the inside-out tracking. This was magic when it was introduced you know, yeah. a few years ago. It was totally. a disaster when it was introduced in Windows Mixed Reality. Sorry to all those teams, but <laughs> honestly, <laughs> not that great of an experience, right? Okay. But it was in Quest 2. But then, like, you know, after Quest in Quest 2, it's becoming a more and more common technology. And we know how quick the IP and the technology okay. spreads through the industry, whether legally or not, I don't know how that happens, but it, it happens, right? And it just spreads and all these companies suddenly get access to it. And you start to see these competitors, you start to see all these companies come out with standalone headsets that you know you didn't even think would have the technology. Like one of the, the conversations I have a lot is about like Nolo, for instance, that's one of the headsets we support. Most people are like, they started with controllers and tracking. Yeah. They have their own standalone headset. Some people don't <laughs> even realize that, but they do. They have their own standalone, fully stand like headset. And In there's China, more yeah. like that, more coming, just because the technology is more prevalent. So it doesn't okay. necessarily need as much runway. Okay. And I would say if you look okay. at HTC's last two releases, like the Vive Flow and the Vive Focus 3, not a lot of people had their hands on it. Um, I mean, I know like the Vive Focus 3, I was, when I received my headset, I was definitely told, hey, influencers don't have their hands on this yet. And they still pulled off a very successful launch. That's one of my favorite headsets to date. 
Okay. Yeah, right. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. You mean like, okay, all the tech is proven, the extra two chips have the standalone part, everything is like standardized by Qualcomm probably. There's not so much things they could do wrong here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's like <laughs> yeah. okay, being hopeful. That, that's but... a good point, yeah. But I still I want think, to have it. Yeah, I was going to say. Kevin, I, I, I think, know you're watching this. Yeah. Kevin, yeah, Kev, Kevin I know, if you're watching, I know. Send it over to me. You need to get it out to people because if they are going to launch, though, you need to be a successful launch. You need some hype with this and you need some people talking about it. You know what I mean? And if it's as good as it says it is, then it, then it will stand to, you know, somebody doing a review on it. And if they're going to launch soon, they need people talking about it to get people uh, like out there to get the knowledge, to get the information, to get people excited about these things. And uh, I think when you hide things and just launch them, it can backfire on you. So it I could, think it's it important could, to get the yeah. influence involved soon. And I think they will. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you're right. I don't know about marketing strategy. <laughs> I'm definitely not speaking of marketing strategy here because you're right. In that sense, you want people getting their hands on it, talking about it, getting excited. I'm just saying from a technology perspective, I'm hopeful that there's a lot more standardization and proven technology going behind it. That yeah, you're right. You're, you're probably right. Help so still, yeah. <laughs> but still, you, you can do lots of things wrong. Like, uh, for example, yeah. uh, there could be lots of, I don't know, distortions, for example, because they're not used to this kind of um, aspheric lens distortion, because there is, right? There's normally pupil swim and all kind of funny things going on with these aspheric lenses. And for Vario, in the very beginning, they did have lots of problems with these things, distortion. They have now figured it out. But these kind of optics, there's still lots of things that could be wrong. Yeah, let's let's hope. We have to look through this. We have to look through the headsets. That's what I'm actually looking forward to. Now, wh what do you guys think about the price point? So, one thousand nine hundred versus two thousand five hundred of the twelve K QLED. Do you think um, people are going to jump at that crystal because it's there earlier, or do you think people are going to wait for the full device, the twelve K QLED? Eric. What are your thoughts? That is, that, that's, that's a really, really question. I think there's definitely a breaking point with, the, with these things and, and you know, price point-wise. So definitely, you know, when you get to that $2,500 price point, it's a lot to think about um, for a lot of people, um, especially in today's climate with, with, with things going on, especially here in the United States with gas prices and things like that. People are not spending money as they like they were even a year ago. So um, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But yeah. you know, when you get to an enthusiast, you know that will be buying these things. I think eighteen ninety, you know, is definitely much more approachable. Um, and if you can do close to the same thing, a twelve K is going to be a very niche market, very very niche okay. market. Where I think the crystal has a chance because of the package and what mm -hmm. everything it can do. I think it's more. And I think with what's in it, it has the potential to to be the better to be the better bargain or deal. Okay, what are your thoughts, um, Alex? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's we know they're going for the premium space, and there is a market for that. But at the same time, even if you look at premium type of products, you know, like let's say Tesla, for instance. There's still your upgrades in your ultra premium. That's an even smaller market that just doesn't usually hit as well. There's still that sweet spot. And mm -hmm. so I think Crystal is definitely closer to that sweet spot. Okay, got it. Now, what I th think is interesting, to say the least, is this kind of um, program 
where you can trade in your old Pimax headsets. And that is only true for the 12K QLED. So if you have an 8KX, you can trade it in for the same price that you bought it. it could be like $1,500 or what. And then get the 12K QLED for that price minus this $1,500. So you can get it really cheap. But this only applies to the 12K QLED, not to the crystal, which is so strange because mm. that makes the 12K QLED the cheaper headset than the the crystal. Mm. So I I don't understand it. So as much <laughs> as I root for Pimax and as much <laughs> as I love them, I want them to succeed, sometimes I just don't understand them. <laughs> I must be very honest. I really don't get them. <laughs> I like them, but I don't get <laughs> them. <laughs> like why? why? Why can people only get that discount for the 12K QLED and not for this headset? Doesn't make sense, or or, or do, does it make sense? Probably I don't get it. I I, I don't get it either. You're right. <laughs> no, that's what I, and that's why I say. I mean, they jump into so many different pools. Like, wouldn't it have been nice if they just took these two heads and put them together and make one headset? Kind of focus yeah. on one headset and make the toilet, make the, the crystal, the headset. You know, and you're and, right. And, Probably that would be totally fine. Yeah. Just have it. Just have this one headset. You don't need. Right so many of that series just like you 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 didn't need the the 5k super mega pearls or whatever <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous yeah. it's like it's like it felt like whenever they got a new display on their hands from the supply chain they just slapped it into that <laughs> into 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 those housings and had a new model and it was just too confusing for us consumers i didn't know well i well i knew but normal people, normal people didn't know which headset to buy. 8K Super, 8KX, 5K <laughs> Super, 5K whatever, 5K Plus. It's it's just too confusing. What is your offering? I totally agree with with Eric with you, and I've told them. I I said that several times already on my show that this is too confusing for us consumers. Why not have this one headset exactly the crystal and it's their flagship thing? It's amazing. And they put all their resources, all of their development resources into that thing. And that's what they're known for. And I'm sure they would sell like crazy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, in general, I think all brands should simplify their, their marketing to a simple product line and, and really just focus on delivering a few things really well. I mean, that's right. I would say that for any business. So I agree. But you might sometimes see, you might see this happen. find market fit. Yeah, and you might see this happen. You might see the 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 twelve k QLED kind of like ease away, and maybe they start focusing. If the if the if the crystal is a bit more of a hitter, if it if it pays off on what it's saying it's going to be, um, you know, maybe they'll see, and maybe they'll they'll kind of like put more of their eggs in that basket. Yeah, hopefully. Also, what I still cannot understand is the following. <laughs> this is the Pimax website. It is so <laughs> bad. <laughs> it's like, I mean, does it make sense? Immersing into the metaverse with any headset purchasing, the accessories kit, enjoy. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a native speaker, right? I'm not an English native speaker, <laughs> but that sounds wrong to me, right? <laughs> I mean, they need on. some okay, localization. They, exactly they need some localization, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they need some localization. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. But but um, well, they have right. They have people who can speak English on their team, right? Like like Kevin, obviously, <laughs> right? So I, I don't understand how things like this can happen. I just don't get it. 
I, I just don't understand how something like this can happen. Yeah. Hopefully, well, they're spending, hopefully they're spending all their money on <laughs> development and just not paying anybody to do this. <laughs> I yeah. didn't understand how it could happen until I tried to start learning Chinese. And then once you understand like the grammar of other non-English languages, yeah, then it, suddenly it's, it's all totally the grammar different. mistakes start to make sense because you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. If that was no, like directly I, translated in Chinese. I, I, yeah, of course, I I totally get <laughs> it, but I what I don't get is when you have like English speaking people on your team, like the person who made the presentation or, or Kevin or Sweeviber or any, the, the, why isn't there one guy who would look at this, and and would just tell the team, hey guys, please, this is like, this is like a very bad, <laughs> on us on our whole image to have this kind of website with. Which looks super ridiculous there, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, Alexander, do you um, uh, still learn Chinese? Yes. Yeah. Actually, my awesome. girlfriend's Chinese, so oh, now I have to be dedicated to learning more Chinese. Right, you need, yeah, you, you need to teach me. We'll show Edian. Oh, show Edian. 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 Yeah, my wife is Taiwanese, so I learned it. So that's uh, very oh. exciting. Nice. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yeah, let's get to the end of the show because I know Eric has the next show coming up in 15 minutes, so yes. I don't want to overuse your time. I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Both of you has been amazing, really cool, and I, I hope that I have both of you on the show in the future again. Hope you enjoyed it too. Definitely. Thanks for having us. Was... Yeah, this this was amazing, and I was uh, super honored to be here and to be here with Alexander too, which uh, I got a chance to meet in person uh, at uh, in Santa Clara, which was a lot of fun too. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. That was really cool. Yeah, so absolutely, all of you, please check out Alex's games. Yes, Star Blazer. <laughs> yes, and please. Space Slurpees, which is on anything that you can put on your head. Anything. Much. <laughs> we try. Exactly. Hey, yeah. Exactly. And absolutely check out Eric's um, um, YouTube channel, Q2C, and also definitely all of the amazing uh, talk shows, like the talk show which is coming up. Eric, come come on, plug it now. <laughs> We've got Reality Bites coming right after MRTV, the Next Dimension podcast, 5 p.m. time. We've got myself, Gamertag VR, and Todd Jackson Lamplighter are going to do a nice little show wrapping up probably some showcase and see what's going on for the week on Reality Bites. I'm oh, perfect, us. perfect. This would have been the next topic, the, the upload showcase, but you know what? Just watch it on Eric's show and on Gamertech's show and on Todd's show. There you're going to, yeah, you're going to go into all the details of what games have been shown there. Amazing, definitely. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on the, onto the show. Yeah, for all of you out there who are watching right now, give it a thumbs up, definitely. And again, if you enjoy the show, the best way to say thank you is with a five-star review on iTunes. Get out your iDevice, find the podcast app, find the Next Dimension podcast, and do leave us a five-star review. And really do it. Don't just say next time. <laughs> now. <laughs> Get out your iPhone now and do it because it does help us a lot. <clears throat> All right. And that's everything we got for this week. Amazing show. Thanks again. And look forward to see you all in the next show. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>